It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Love of all is happening to me. I found the greatest love of all inside of me. Switch it up, switch it up, switch it up, switch it up. Because the greatest straw of all will be flung by me. I found the greatest straw of all for this fucking country. Wow. Wow, when the girlies say that Kalechi has Jenny San Juan, like a certain Jenny San Juan about me, that's what they mean. Are you nuts? Are you mud? Oh, I always find it like miraculous how before I press record, I don't feel like I have any zhuzh. And then the most moment I press record, it's just like, on. My body is experiencing tiredness. I intentionally phrased it that way. If you're wondering whose body it is, it's my body. My body, your body's turning up. Hey, pretty Ricky. Grind on me. Hey, relax your mind. Take your time. <laughs> it's my body, Kalechi Okafo, and you are listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. That song. The Greatest Love of All, R.I.P. Whitney Houston, um, stayed in my mind because the Sagittarian, was it the Sagittarian mind? That's what he called on um, Instagram, one of my favourite astrologers. Um, he was posting about which houses your North Node and your South Node is in. And he basically said, like, if your North Node is in your first house, then that song by Whitney really sums it up. Like he uses songs, like usually rap songs, um, just like sum it up And I just thought it was so perfect Because I feel like that's the lesson That I'm confronted with constantly Especially since coming back from Peru Para This um, truth That everything I require is within me Of course, of course, of course Like I said, we need community But it's to not outsource The love that you still need to be able to give yourself Like yes, other people should love you and care about you but there should be this inherent like base like this foundation of a strong robust love that you have for yourself and the north node like destiny your assignment in this life being in the first house is that I do need to prioritize like my journey I think I've talked about this before but prioritize my journey towards self-actualization and not just merely surviving but thriving and um yeah, really, really making the most of that with the South Node in the seventh house. I do feel like it's like 
I know how to do relationships Like with friends, family, all of that I know how to do it And sometimes I can become preoccupied with doing that To prove that You know, sometimes we go the other way To prove that we're not this, we're not that We overgive in certain dynamics Like if you've been brought up in a, a situation Where to do something for yourself Was made out to be selfish You, to prove you're not selfish Like you've got this subconscious kind of programming To prove you're not selfish You go and overdo, overdo for other people But it comes a point where you have to be like No, I know that to give to myself is not selfish And thus I must balance this out Because actually to keep giving to others Overly, overly, overly to the point of your own depletion There is an element of selfishness in that too Um, So yeah, anyway So it was great to read that concept And to think about it And think that, yeah, you know what, it slaps Talking about love Sweet love You may call it not your name I feel no shame I'm in love No, I'm not Um I'm such a dweeb um, Talking about love uh, I watched Rye Lane It's a new movie uh, Written by uh, written by uh, Nathan Bryan And Tom Melia You would have heard about Nathan Bryan before Because he is um, an author Who um, collaborates on books The Look Up series The Stars Rocket um, He collaborates on that with Dapo Adiola So both of them, my baby boys Um so yeah, Nathan wrote this film Funnily enough, I auditioned for the uh, role of the lead And then when I Let me tell you something Sometimes you audition for something, yeah Because I would audition for that Gerard Butler movie With a plane, some kind of plane And anyway, they cast that guy that was Is it Marvel or DC? The board, Luke Cage Yeah, the guy that plays Luke Cage They ended up casting him So I don't see how he and I look similar But anyway um, But as for Riley And I auditioned for it And I just thought Even at the point of audition And I was like This script is sick And sometimes when you go to watch something That you didn't get You're ready You are you are on guard Because you're just like I want to see what they were really doing That I was not doing Omar, I saw what they were doing That I was not doing I saw what they were doing That I was not doing It was It's brilliant It's absolutely fucking brilliant I would recommend Every single person to go and watch it We deserve a rom-com A light-hearted rom-com With two dark-skinned young black leads They're so gorgeous Oh my god I'm going to watch it this week at some point Again this week By the time this comes out I'm going to watch it again this week And I cannot wait Usually, you know, I've told you before I tend to watch plays and films twice Really, I watch them twice Before talking about it Just to make sure that I've got all my ducks in a row I hope they don't eat the ducks but then crispy aromatic duck is a bit tasty Anyway um, Yeah So that's why I usually like to watch it twice But on this occasion I can confidently Hand on heart tell you That that is a motherfucking film Okay Now one would be nervous Because you've got um, a biracial man And then you've got a white man Who are co-writing this film And basically everybody that I saw Overtly were not dark-skinned black people that were immediately involved So in one regard, you would already get a bit nervous Like, oh, which way is this going to go? But I say that to say there are films that have been directed And written, whatever, by dark-skinned black men Westerns that have just been totally off But by the by um, So initially you'd be nervous But let me tell you, it was gorgeous Just gorgeous Rye Lane is what it's called and big up to Peckham. As you know, 
I'm an SC15er. I'm an, a Peknamian. Um, big up Peckham all day, every day. Um, so to have a film that pays homage to Peckham, oh, it was just cute. I mean, they dropped in a little bit of Brixton in there as well, which I, you know, I'm not mad at. It was very cute. And there were some cameos, some really, really cute cameos that popped up. Um, just a really fantastic film. No gang gang, no bus up shops, but but like no, no, it, it, it was just cute. And it just made me think because people wanted Boxing Day to be that, that film by Melamine. They wanted Boxing Day to be that film. And it could not be for me because there were so many visual things that were, that seemed codified that they were saying certain things about dark skinned black women that I wasn't really rocking with. I, mm, it wasn't my bag, but this Rylane, that's my bag. I'm a bag that, yeah, beautiful, just gorgeous. It doesn't have to, you know, like I don't need films to have too, too much meaning. I don't need it to be doing a whole lot. I don't need this film to be representing all black people. I don't need it to be doing any of that. Let it be circumstantial that these people happen to be black that we see. Let it just be that, whatever. And let it just be what it is and let it be nonsensical and beautiful Everything that we get in the quintessential genre of a romantic comedy, let us have that and not for everything to mean everything. Do you get what I mean? So big up yourselves um, for that um, movie. I hope that you all go and watch it. It comes out March 17th. I've never been so, it's rare that I'm so excited basically to big up a film like that. Because, you know, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like go and check it out. Like it's all right. But they deserve all of the awards. I know that they were, I think they were in Sundance um, previously. Um, so big up the main actors, David Johnson and Vivian Okwara. Just did a wonderful, wonderful job. It was, <coughs> pardon me. <clears throat> um, it's just really cool. It's just really cute. Really, really cool. I love the colours. I love the editing. I love the cinematography. Um, their use of lenses was really interesting as well. Um, just like it was just fun It was just really fun And we deserve fun Especially as dark, darker skinned black women We deserve fun We deserve to see something that is just cute And you're not waiting around the corner For there to be some kind of trauma You know So two slaps on their chest It's not even Share Your Magnificence But I'm so so proud of that film Like I had anything to do with it um, March 17th If you can Book a ticket Take your boo Take your mother Take whoever And just gonna have A really really good time I fucking love it And you know With that being said I I said fire To the red carpet I did I said fire To Rylane I really should stop When I know I don't feel 100% um, but I set fire to the uh, to Rylane with my outfit that I wore at the premiere of Rylane. It was a very cute situation. I had on this like hot pink dress with pearls on it from Carnums. I think that their quality is not great for the amount that they charge. The quality doesn't slap. Like my dress arrived, and it was basically in one of the seams at the back where the zip is it was just open like it wasn't stitched well so I had to take it to a seamstress to take it in uh, you know to stitch up that bit and just take it in a little bit um and also how it looked in the picture in terms of the cut of the neckline was not what they delivered and I don't like being bamboozled in that way um so I thought I'd share that my shoes didn't hurt although so 
I have these gold Kurt Geiger heels. Um, and so I just pop them on every now and then. Um, the issue, I mean, I've had them for a few years, but I don't understand how the, the sole, the bottom of it just decided to peel off. I don't know. Life is just not respecting me the way that it should. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny because I went with those heels as opposed to another one that I ordered that I thought, oh, it'd be cute because it's got pearls on it. And it wasn't quite the Jimmy Choo ones that I wanted initially. Um, but once they arrived, I was like, what in the plastic fuckery is this? I'm not wearing that. So I wore my gold, um, gold heels only for them. So then by the end of the night, be peeling at the bottom. Such a madness. Um, big up Tahiya um, Ali, who did my makeup. Um, she, I, uh, what's it, Mata hooked me up with her. And you know, Mata's my baby girl. When she beats my face, it's out of this world. So when Matter was just like, um, let Tahia come through, I was just like, okay, well, I trust you, you know, it's what it is. And she did, she did something. Let me tell you, she, she knocked it out of the park. Um, so I really enjoyed my face that day. I liked that nothing moved. It was just gorgeous. I used my clip-ins. I got, I got my ponytail from Rooker Hair a while back. This is the thing about manifesting your destiny. Let me just tell you that, right? So I bought this ponytail from Rooker Hair a little while back. I didn't know what I was really, I must have bought it before I had my locks or maybe I bought it when I had my locks in the hope that one day I'd be able to like add a ponytail situation to the back. Um, so yeah, but I didn't use it, right? I don't think I used it really. Then cut to the premiere the other day and it was perfect. My hair, my locks have grown long enough to you know, attach it to the back. And then I had my clip-ins from Gina, um, Gina Atinuke Knight, um, had my clip-ins from her. And so I put that at the front to create a little, you know, bang. Um, all in all, I just looked super cute and I do not look super cute currently because I've spent most of this weekend, apart from when I went to Tate Britain to go and see Rihanna, my friend Rihanna Jade Parker, um, she was having, uh, she was doing a talk about black British art and she had some amazing artists come over from Birmingham to talk and just seeing their incredible work over the years was mind blowing. So soon, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to become an art girly. Um, so yeah, apart from that, I spent most of the weekend in bed. I, I got like, I don't know if it's stress hives or something that I'm allergic to. <coughs> so <coughs> pardon me. So I spent, um, I'm back yet. Most of the weekend in bed. Um, but I thought, let me come out and record this. And what's mad is I swear I arrived. I arrived at this office to record at about seven Tari. It must've been seven Tari. Um, I didn't start recording till nine. I just was not in the mood. And so we know that Saturn has moved into my 12th house. And, you know, the house of isolation, self-undoing, all of this, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I have this overwhelming desire to disappear. Like not, you know, like usually I have that desire sometimes to just not be perceived. Now I just want to disappear. I want to go to an island and just mind my business. And yeah, I think that might get stronger. The pull to do that might get stronger as we move along. Because Saturn coming into that 12th house Opposing my 6th house of health, work, home Sorry, health, work, my day-to-day 
it really made me think today, like how tired my body felt. Yet I knew I still needed to get up at some point and come to record this, even though I'd been trying to sleep for most of the day. And so I think that what Saturn might ask of me for the two and a half or so years that it's in my 12th house is learning how to rest before burnout. Because I don't want to get into one of them situations where I'm not even going to speak it into existence. But all I know is I want to be in good health and I don't, you know, I want to be in good health and I don't want any silly reminders to be what makes me prioritise my health. So if I don't want to come somewhere, just understand I don't want to come because I need to rest. Um, I feel like I've really, really talked like a talker. Need to remember that, um, let's, um, need to remember the live shows. So the live show in, Man- um, I was going to say Manchester, the live show in New York is coming up pretty quickly. Fucking hell. One, two, three, four. Yeah, in about four weeks. Um, and then we've got the live show in September. All very exciting times. Love that for us. Love that for me. Love that for you. Um, I might as well just get into the tarot because I swore I wasn't going to be here for too long. Yet here I am talking anyhow. All right. So I chose this letter. Let's see. I love all of your letters. Okay. This one says, Dear Kelechi, firstly, I would like to thank you for being such an inspiration and a safe space to turn to in difficult times. Yourself and the SYM podcast have been a consistent space of love, advice and light. I don't know if you'll ever read this, but if you do, I ask to call upon your wisdom and guidance. I'm a 27-year-old woman. I'm a Capricorn sun, a Pisces moon and a Sagittarius rising. Oh, cute. I recently went through a difficult breakup with a man I truly believed that I would marry sooner rather than later. It was a brutal breakup in which I discovered that he had been cheating on me for some time. To say that I'm devastated is an understatement. In the space of two weeks, I decided to leave my job, lost a beloved family member and then discovered that my partner was cheating on me. I feel lost, broken and so defeated. I hate that I gave so much of myself to someone who cruelly broke my heart by doing the very thing I said would hurt me the most. In the pursuit of higher education and moving abroad for work, I always put dating in the background. When I had finally achieved all of the above, I gave dating a real shot and believed that this was my future partner. I opened my heart and made space in my life to house a man who I'm sad to say (coughs) broke my heart in a way I didn't think was possible. My self-esteem has been obliterated and I fear I'm sinking into a place where I have completely lost hope in regards to love. Added to this, I feel lost when it comes to figuring out my place in the world and fulfilling my purpose and making the right career decisions moving forward. I know that I'm young and I'm not going to sing that. And I don't believe that this is the end for me, but I'm sad to say that I've lost something that I never had before. Um, Hope that all of this can get better. Love from a lost and broken baby girl. Now, you sent this in August, so I pray that everything feels better for you now but let's get into it first of all fuck that stupid motherfucker that cheating ass looking ass bitch um i'm sorry that happened to you baby girl i'm sorry i'm so sorry what i'm getting though is you what did you say you're a capricorn sun right so capricorn sun so mars um is it who am i thinking of is it Mars? No, Pluto was in Capricorn. So Pluto um, 
would have been, you know, pushing up on you for a minute, you know, for a while. Um, but now Pluto, uh, um, later on this year, Pluto will move into Aquarius. Um, so you've had to learn some lessons about power and the misuse of power in some really, really harsh ways. And I'm sorry that that was the case. Um, I feel like from maybe about the age of seven, you know, it's kind of felt like, because Pluto makes us think about our fears as well. Sometimes our irrational fears. And so I would think that from being a young girl, maybe you saw something that made you think, see, this is why I'm not going to prioritize men and I'm going to prioritize my education. I'm going to prioritize, like you, you would have just gotten into a certain mode of thinking. I say that because the, um, the latter part of your email, it's almost as if you're saying, well, I gave life a chance. So why did this happen to me? Baby, let me tell you something about life. Life doesn't give a fuck in the best way. Like, yes, you gave life a chance. You gave love a chance. And then this particular pussy clot didn't work out. But that is literally the whole point of us being here to experience love in all of its forms. And it's funny because you describe like leaving your job and you make some in the past two weeks or the two week time frame that you wrote this letter, you made some major life changes. And while I understand that he hurt your heart, Baby, that was also part of the change. That was also part of the overhaul in your life that needed to happen. You said you're a Sagittarius rising. Sagittarius rising, a fire sign. Like Sagittarius is about that. Sagittarius is about learning. And it's about learning in a way that we might not necessarily choose for ourselves. Like, But you need to, and I remind myself of this um, often, life is happening for you, not to you, right? And so this finding out he was cheating, then you left your job and then you're like, everything felt like it just got thrown up in the air, like tower energy. But I promise you that when everything settles, you'll be so glad. You'll be so, so glad that you didn't settle for that motherfucker. You'll be so glad. Like he's got things that he needs to work through for himself. And it's again, interesting that you said um, he did the one thing that he knew that that I'd said would hurt me. And this is that thing about Pluto and what happens sometimes with, with our very fears, regardless of astrology and all of them things there. The thing that we fear most at some point is going to show up to us because we need to re- re- realize that it's just a little shadow puppet. It's just, it's, it's, it's not, it, can't, it won't finish us. And I've been having quite a bit of that where the very thing that you would like, oh, if this happens, oh, that's me done. That's me done out. That's me done out. And then the thing happens and you're like, oh, my, I'm still standing better than I've ever been. Please don't be a weirdo, Elton John, because if I've got to come back and redo this podcast five years from now, I'll be fucking pissed off, mate. Um, But yeah, honestly, to, you know, <laughs> say that I understand your situation. I understand. I remember I talked to, I mentioned Sagittarian Mind, didn't it? And when I had a reading with Sagittarian Mind ages ago, we were looking at my chart and we're talking about like my relationship dynamic and he was showing me my chart. And what I love about the Sagittarian mind is that he's not an astrologer that's going to be like, boom, boom, boom. This is what's going to happen. And this, because you can't do that because you can't really tell the future. Right. But what he did show me was just like, oh, look at where this planet is. And, and it speaks to what you're going through now. But then look at what happens to that planet over the next three years. And he's like, so even if you can't envisage what that 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 resolution looks like now 
that resolution is on the cards. And that's what I want to say to you, that sometimes we don't know how we get to that place that is our peace, that is our joy. We don't know how we get there, but I know that you'll get there, innit? Um, all my certified lover girls. That's what we are, the certified lover girls. All right, so let me get some cards out for you. Not me just talking and talking. I feel like because this letter was um quite a while ago, I'm just gonna do a reading. Oh, nice about where you are now. See, girl, I knew, girl, I knew that. Hold on, let me just get an extra card. Spirit, give me an extra card for a baby girl who I hope is feeling better now. Um, let's see. I'm just gonna pull this one out. Just pull this one out. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. So it looks like from these cards. Let me just say to you now: stop what you're. Stop your nonsense. Stop your nonsense. As you're listening to this, baby girl, stop what you're. Stop it. Because what we've got here is the lovers in reverse. We've got the emperor card in reverse, and we've got the four of cups in reverse. So. The lover speaks to um, our kind of like, I guess I could call it like soulmate energy, but a divine energy that is also seeking us the way that we are seeking it in order to learn the lessons that we need to learn. Sometimes you're not meant to stay with your soulmate. Sometimes people come into your life and they teach you a lesson and it's that lesson that leads you further to or leads you closer to the person, the people that will really, really fill your heart with joy. So this is why I've been saying to all my certified lover people, we need to move away from saying this person wasted my time or that was a waste of my time because that's a disrespect to the universe. It wasn't a waste of your time if you learned the lesson that they, that interaction brought you, that divine lesson that that interaction, that dynamic brought you. If you've learned the lesson, then it wasn't a waste of time. It's only a waste of time if you didn't learn that lesson and then the universe sends another lesson in human form to try to get you to run it, run. No, not that pussy clock. Again, and I am testament to that. You can try to run from the lesson <laughs> and the universe, because we co-create our reality in it. So you feel like, ah, I blocked them. Ah, 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 I'm not dealing with that shit. And then you'll be sent that same lesson in another form. And you're not going to clock it immediately. But it's when you're in the throes of it that you'll be like, ah. So the same thing I was trying to like, like avoid is still going to show up here because until you pass that test, you're not moving. You're not. Emotionally, you're going to be stunted. So you have to do, do the test. And I'm saying do the test because what you're seeking is also seeking you. But we've got the emperor card here right in the middle. And I'm getting lots of four energy. Four. Um, because we've got the four of cups in reverse here as well. And the emperor numbered four, but it's the fifth card. Um, but anyway, we move. So the emperor, is there, was there a dynamic with your father growing up I'm not talking about no fucking stupid bullshit daddy issues I'm just saying generally is there a way is there a dynamic that you had or didn't have with your father growing up so your expectations around men are kind of it might we can even say a parent but it feels more like father because I've got the emperor if I got the mother I'll say that to you um, as in the empress and I say that because I had to really sit down especially <laughs> while I was in Peru having those um, ceremonies and I sobbed and I sobbed I think it was on the third night 
where I had like a conversation with my father. Dance with my father again. Um, that song always makes me cry. I'm probably going to listen to this, listen to it after this, and have a good cry just for the sake of it. Sometimes you just love a good cry, in it. Um, so there has been this dynamic that I've kind of had to kind of grapple with, where there can be people around me. Um, let's say men usually, but this is the thing: we can't just put it solely to my dad. But let's just work with that for now. Where they can really, really have a lot of affection for you, but there is some kind of distance. And for me, sometimes I, it's, it's me calling forth that distance. And I think about growing up, that my dad always lived in Nigeria and wasn't over here. And he would tell me all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he was always over there. So whatever I had to deal with, I was dealing with over here by myself. But yeah, cool, you love me. You know, so growing up, I'd always kind of felt like there's some kind of distance to love. Like somebody will love you, but there's something that is in the way. They're, so, they're, they're further away than they should be. And so in recent years, working through that dynamic, like what does it feel like to allow people to be closer to you? Um, You know, I, I've mentioned before, but I feel like I've even chosen my friends in a particular way where all my friends, I know that they care for me, but there is a definite distance between us. Like everybody's got their things. I don't have um like a homie or chargey that I'm like speaking to, like Cody that like I'm speaking to all of the time. Like, no, I don't have it. And I feel like even the moment that I notice maybe a dynamic shifting where we are speaking more um frequently, I would likely be the person to kind of like pull back from that. And so it's something I had to, you know, work through or, you know, initiate that kind of work within myself about my inherent emotional unavailability. Like, why do I want to be so kind of guarded with people? And of course, you know, I came to so many realizations um, over the years, but specifically when I went to Peru, that doesn't mean that my life has gotten easier. In fact, for one of dramatics I'd say my life has gotten worse since getting back I'm joking god forbid um but um no generally it's like everything is exacerbated everything is heightened I see things in a way that before it might have taken me a while to see it now I'm just like boom 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 I've clocked it so I say all of that in a long-winded way it's not just talking about me but I try to kind of share my journey with tarot sharing my experiences with you because I know there are other readers that they don't really talk about their own thing they exist in this plane where it's almost like they're above you in their experiences and I'm not above anybody in it like we're in this thing together so what I'm learning is what I'm imparting and and you know we're figuring this shit out together and so you've got the four of cups here that comes out in reverse because it's like you say that you say I'm crazy because you don't think I know what you've done but when you call me baby I know I'm not the only one Truer words were never spoken Um, Four of cups in reverse Don't be what has been done to you I'm not baiting you up But don't be what has Don't, don't be the hurt that was done onto you Alright Don't do that Don't do that Um and even if you feel like that's not the case, um, you are still going to, don't be in such a, or I would advise you to not be in such a strop about 
what didn't work and really open yourself up to what can work, right? Because you've got what we've we got happening now. We've got Capricorn, um, Capricorn Sun, Pisces Moon, Sagittarius rising. Um, I feel like you're gonna what well, soon you're gonna start your Saturn return. So there are more lessons for you, right? There's way more lessons for you. Everything's gonna feel confusing, and it feels like Saturn at some point also is gonna be, you know, um, doing a little tango with your moon, your natal moon, right? So you are really like all of the deep rooted fears, or or a lot of things are gonna come up to the surface over the next few years. And I just implore you to not be scared. Don't be scared. Don't don't worry about being confused. Sometimes. We, can't, we don't need to have all of the answers. We just need to have faith. And I gotta have faith, faith, faith. I hope it's not. No, RIP. Sorry, I just remembered. Um, have faith. Because Saturn going into Pisces, fam, everything's looking hazy for all of us, man. Like, hang tight. Hang tight. What's at the bottom of the deck? Knight of Swords in reverse. Yeah, there'll be more options. There'll be more. I'm sure you've even since writing this, you've had a few more options. And they them too, they don't get sense like that. They don't get sense too tough. But don't let that deter you, baby girl. Don't let that deter you. Lean into the confusion. Hold on to the faith. That's what I would say. Lean into the confusion. Hold on to the faith that all will be well. You're a cutie. Um, you're lovely. You're, you're like it will work out, but you have to be willing to participate in <coughs> almost like the trial and error element of this. Like I'm a three, five profile in human design. And when I was reading about it, I was getting annoyed because it was just like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of failures. There's going to be like lots of things that you try and they don't work out, but through you sharing what you've been through, you know, it shows others to not be scared. I'm like, well, fuck that. Why do I have to be the, why do I have to be the crash test dummy for fuck's sake? But you lean into that. You can't fear life. I tried, you know, and that was one thing as well. Even when I came on here to come and talk about the separation and things like that, I had to think about like, oh, then people want to say this, like this is what I mean about these feminists and da 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 da. I'd be like, do I give a fuck? Do I really, in my heart of hearts, do I give a fuck? No, I don't give a fuck. And it's hard to really admit that sometimes. Like I really don't give a shit. About other people's opinions I think that over the years I've thought too much About what other people think And it stops me really From just living life And doing what I want to do um, And so I just had to pull Rein it back in And so that's all I'm saying to you Like don't be afraid Of testing things out It doesn't matter Yeah so you introduced them To your family Your friends You thought this was the one You thought you were going to get married Sooner rather than later Omar it's, It is what it is Go on Do it again Do it again a second time The family will get used to it man There are some things that I think we hold too tightly. We hold too dearly. Like, oh my God, I introduced him to my friends. So I posted him. Fuck that. You post. You post your shit. And if it's done, it's done. And you keep it moving. Uh-uh. Can you not see? What's her name there? Um, what do they like to call that one? Um, that one. Ugh, her name's gone out of my head. Laurie Harvey. Laurie will just be going up and down. And, and she doesn't say anything. I mean, I don't know the girl. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't have, she doesn't spend time trying to explain anything to anybody with what she's doing. She just lives her life. But I think sometimes in our communities, in our cultures, it feels like it's so like shame is weaponized against us so much in a way that it's not weaponized against men. Where it's like, oh, if this relationship doesn't work out or didn't work out, what does it say about you? 
I don't say a motherfucking thing about me other than it didn't work. And now we move, you know? And so that's what you've got to approach it with. You thought he was the one you thought. Think about the qualities that were great in him. And then, you know, like say to the universe, those qualities, we can run that again. These bits though, I want to see that shit again. This is what I want to see in its place. Have a conversation with the universe. Ask for the things that you want. Everybody's too shy. Like, because maybe some people, they feel shy about asking for a partner. Like, don't be shy. Like, tell, speak it out loud in your private space. Speak it out loud. Have a candle burning, maybe a white candle. You know, clean up your space. Have it looking cute. Maybe if you can, have... um. I would say yellow, some kind of yellow flowers. Have it near you because to me that's, that, that inspires hope, right? White candle, yellow flowers. Have it near you and start speaking out loud what you are calling forward into your life. If, my, if, if I am not a child of the most high, come and tell me that it doesn't work. Come back and tell me that it doesn't work. Me, that I know. Go and get that. Get the yellow, get the yellow flowers. Get a white candle. Don't burn up your flat. Um... And while they're burning, just say the things that you want. Clarify your space because fire is a purifier. So don't start with all of your witchcraft bullshit, even if in in element, in essence it is. But what I'm saying to you is like, um, fire helps to purify, right? Um, And then the yellow candles, hope, new life, all of them things. And just say what you are calling forth. And if you're already in a partnership, if it's feeling a bit stagnant, if it's feeling a bit stale, Ask for the things that you want to zhuzh it up, to spice it up. Like say what it is, use your throat. I know that in human design, not all of us have active throats, but it doesn't matter. Like you, at least by saying the thing out, you know. And for some of you, if you feel like you can't speak or whatever, see if you can write it, see if you have something, something. But stop waiting for life to bring you something that you have not really considered what it is that you want. Like start saying some shit, Yeah. So that's that for this tarot. Hope that it resonated. Wow, I was really talking. Wow. Anyway, um, Show Your Magnificence. Uh, we'll get into shortly, but let me pick up this week's show sponsor, who are Dipsy. So astrologically, we're coming up to our actual new year when spring will in fact be sprung. So this is a gentle reminder for that. But as things, you know, freshen up again, that you should check in with yourself you know, before offering to help someone else, as I tend to do, rest when you need to rest. Okay, drag me um, and ask for what you need and say yes to more things that make you feel good. That is super important. Transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. So you can discover stories about second chance romances. Um, although if they cheated, I'd say leave them alone. Adventurous vacation flings and hot and heavy hookups. So, you know, celebrities are on there too sharing their voices, saying some sexy things. It's wonderful. Um, New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have sleep, um, you know, soothing sleep stories. So if you're not trying to get sexy, you just want to rest. And they've got wellness sessions and um, they've got also sexy stories that you can read. 
So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner or partners. Um, for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash straws. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash straws. So that's dipsystories.com slash straws. So you can get your sexy on. Now let's get to share your magnificence. So share your magnificence this week is um, our magnificent person is Chloe Pierre, who has a book out called Take Care. And I thought it would be really, really good to have her on the show. So the book's called uh, Take Care, The Black Women's Guide to Wellness. Um, it's all about self-care. Um, it, they write here, a groundbreaking wellness book aimed at black women. Take Care speaks specifically to black uh, the black female experience to encourage readers to be their authentic selves and embrace both their inner and outer beauty. Um, Chloe, uh, she founded Thyself. Um, it's a brand making self-care, um, self-care inclusive. And she wants to inspire black women to take time to care for themselves. Um, so in this book, she consults ex- um, like experts to create an inspiring and practical guide that offers ways to help you. So you can um, your ways to help you be your authentic self, embrace your build, um, your beauty and feel body positive, deal with grief, loss and mental health issues, create a supportive and uplifting community and practice self-love every day. So, um, yeah, I hope that you enjoy my interview with Chloe. Yeah, yeah. So, Chloe Pierre, we are fully, fully here. A baby girl. Now, let me let you know, like, Chloe's been on this sisterhood thing from day, from early. And I was looking through, like, um, how, you know, we started interacting and then the blog that you wrote on your website about coming to the twerk studio or coming to the pole dance studio to do twerk and stuff when I was in Clapton, 2017, you know, like, and I feel like that's so important because, and it feels almost like a like weird full circle, beautiful moment where a lot of people talk about self-care, they talk about sisterhood, they talk about all of these things, but I look back on that and you've been avidly, avidly like on it promoting it supporting things supporting people from from day and I just want to commend you on that because I think it's such a beautiful thing consistency when it comes to a love of sisterhood to me it's a superpower and you have that superpower so welcome welcome to SYM thank you for having me (laughs) but honestly I've got like goosebumps because I remember that time like it was the other day. <laughs> I remember how simple life was. However, I never knew how to really promote sisterhood. Mm. I just knew that I wanted loads of people to know about it. And I wanted people to support you. And I wanted people to know that you was out there. Mm. And there was the internet, but it wasn't what it is today. No. Oh. It was like, it's almost as if everyone was there. Everyone was still on the internet, all the massive faces and the people that you know and the communities that you know, they was there, but they just wasn't together. Yes. They didn't communicate. Yeah. Maybe we didn't see each other. God knows, I don't know. But um it was a very different time. So to know that, I always look at you and think, she did that. How <laughs> is she getting up on that pole? My God. <laughs> put me in my place no you can't dance <laughs> no you were great and and it, no it was so fun and like you said that was a time before because now we've both got you know our little babies yeah. and life is different 2017 to now like life is different yeah it sounds 
crazy. It sounds like a wild time. So I started myself in 2018. Mm. Obviously the pandemic was in like 2020. Yeah. Now we're in 2023. Yeah. Time is moving. And we're growing. We're growing up because you came around when what Saturn would have been in Capricorn, and then, um, then we had, and you would have started thyself around that same time as well, where you're kind of putting structures into the things that you want to last, that you want to be part of your legacy. And then Saturn went into Aquarius, and then it was just like, babies, babies, like no, Saturn went into yeah, Saturn went into Aquarius, baby, life, and everything. And then now Saturn is going into Pisces and it's like, what wild dreams do we have? What mm-hmm. wild dreams do we have that we need um, Saturn to help us make solid? Because Pisces mm-hmm. is very watery, very flexible. It's mutable. It just kind of does its own thing. It doesn't have form. Uh, Saturn comes in and offers form. So I, that's why I was so excited for us to talk about your book and to talk about all of these things regarding self-care because that is a structure, isn't it? Like it's a structure that we put in place so that we can in essentially fulfill our, like our biggest, wildest dreams. Um, yeah. So when it came to like thinking about a subject that you wanted to cover, of course, thyself is there and that has been your focus. But how did you really hone in that? You know what, specifically this is going to be about black women. Cause I know there would have been pushback in the publishing industry. Do you know what? I didn't have to face it, to be honest, because I think I'm very direct with my approach. I think anyone that's been watching me or following my journey knows that whatever I've done, there's always been a lens that focuses on black women Mm -hmm. Um, in everything that I've done. I've made sure that there's there's coverage, there's representation Mm -hmm. and my knowledge has deepened. And, you know, I know more about diversity than I ever have before. but for me, it's always been a focus. I started thyself because I wanted people to treat each other better. Yeah. And I thought, how does that work? Do I like just do events for people? Or, but I just thought, how do I make this happen? Yeah. So I used the platform. Um, I made sure that there was representation. I always reached out and I always highlighted other women especially black women because we weren't we didn't necessarily have those spaces or occupy them Mm -hmm. especially within wellness or through that lens yeah so it was a given when this book came up um I actually didn't pitch it to them they pitched it to me oh it was already on my book it was on my to-do list it was on my goal list but I almost didn't feel like I was ready for it I felt like there's still stuff that I have to do let me get myself to a place let me get myself to a place then I'll write the book Mm. But essentially, I'll never, I never would have been ready. Yes. So it has to happen now. And it's probably come at the best time. I'm probably at my most vulnerable. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. was at my time to let my most vulnerable. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm at my most vulnerable. So it means that I, I think I'm more willing to give rather than if I get through the other side or if I'm at the start of my journey, I don't necessarily have the same wisdom. I don't necessarily have the same capacity to be completely vulnerable, completely honest. Mm. And I feel like that's what this book is. I've been honest about how hard it is to find stats Mm. and research into black women. I've been honest about my own journey. I've been honest about, you know, how the community comes together and what needs to be done. Um, I've been honest about like find it and vulnerable about finding pieces of our history. And even the way that I've written the book, I've been very vulnerable, like 
speaking in the way that feels natural to me, of which course. you don't often find in books, nope. alone books for black women um, or black people and black communities. So yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah, because if sometimes it feels <laughs> like we feel like we need to talk as experts, why can't I? I feel like having to be an expert, quote unquote, that, that's not to say that I feel like any Tom, Dick and Harry should just come and talk anyhow. But yeah. I feel like sometimes having this idea that, or the way that's forced upon us, that you have to be an expert before you can speak on something. Um, it's elitist and has links to white supremacy where it's like, um, or white supremacist ideology where it's like you somebody has to sign you off as being the expert before you can talk about this thing but if you don't want to talk about black women and and know that there are black women who've been out here for ages doing research doing things doing that but then they're, they're not getting funding they're not getting the um you know the platforming that they need in order for us to even know that certain things are out there um or to be able to explore it to its full kind of um potential if you're waiting, waiting, you're not getting the things that you need. So how are you then? Who then is going to give the stamp of approval? So of like in that case, like you say with thyself, we have to know thyself. We have to know ourselves and say, I have to talk. And yeah. I don't, I can't wait for the certification of being an expert in order to talk about it. Because actually the more that we talk, that is how we gather the data. That is how we gather all of the things, the quantitative as well as the qualitative um, data in order for us to be able to move forward as people. So I I love that that's where your focus has been. It's the, it's the main reason why we are here today and we still have nuggets of knowledge about our ancestry. Mm-hmm. It's through that same communication style. So we cannot lose it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's the one thing that's kept us going and linked to our histories, if you think about it. So whilst it would be great to be accredited, there is no accredita- accreditation for my exact field. Exactly. <laughs> for being um, a baddie, for being a black woman yeah, out there doing yeah. things. There's just, there's no certificate. And you know what? I don't necessarily want the certificate. I don't think we want, what no. we want is to see a changed reality. That, that is the certification where we can look around and see like women, people thriving, but black women thriving in yeah. like in just copious amounts. Like that, that is the certification. Like we did it. We did it. Exactly. And another thing is for me, I just feel as if when it comes to the expert thing, we are living this life. Mm-hmm. We know things because we feel it. That's the kind of women and that's the kind of power we have mm-hmm. as black women. We feel these things. It's it would be fantastic, in my opinion, if we just had the stats to back us up. Yes. But there's a reason why we don't have them because that would be incredibly powerful. Yeah. So we I think for me, my next route to for the next five years, I was a little bit blurry about it, but yeah. it would be putting money to actually get research and stats around black women going forward because like the wellness industry some people can pick at it and say well how do you know that's fact well I've, I've lived it I've lived but then it, even yeah. they want to like disregard that or they want to pick holes at it it's gaslighting it's gaslighting women. and it's and it's and it's a concerted effort it's not by chance it's not like no. even the individuals that perpetuate it think that they're the first you know what i always find it interesting when you meet somebody who hasn't had that experience and they think that they are the first person to give you this quippy remark to what you're saying it's like fam you sound like the thousand other people or hundred other people 50 other people that i've already spoken to about this and they had the exact same response as you did um so but original. you think yeah but you you think 
you think you're original, your the mediocrity yeah. is mediocritizing. Like you, yeah. you're not you're not doing anything fancy, but you think that you are. So you need to think about then how is it that you all came to the same conclusion? What system could possibly be in place that allows you to think that this individual kind of remark that you've made is original to you, but actually is part of a larger system? Like, how does that happen? And the moment you put it to people like that, that's when they start getting uncomfortable because, yeah, you're not the free thinker that you think you are. You're really not. No, you're actually clouded by a lot of judgment. I had someone mention something to me yesterday and they said, actually, yeah, she said, I think it's really great that you've written a book, darling. Ah! I think it's really great that you've written a book, darling. I would buy it, but I'm not black. Okay. It was so loaded. This woman did not stop. I think other white women in the room um, really tried to push her back and mm. just be like, shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, it's wild. These things still happen. And especially with this book, it's not that I need non-black women to read it i just think it would be helpful if they did but they do need they do need to read it and this is the thing when we have been we've grown up in a society where we have because uh, whiteness has been centered for all of our lives for centuries we have had to read about experiences that are not our own there are things that we can relate to because the human experience like we are all connected we are all everything and we are nothing right we're all connected so there are certain things that you've experienced that i will connect with regarding the human condition however the 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 prism through which your experience plays out will be will be different to mine it it will just be different because of the way that life has been set up right mm. and that deserves a space to be explored so for someone to say ah oh, um i don't i can't buy your book because i'm not black you're being vindictive this is what one book out of how many hundreds of thousands where you are not centered why are you crying why are you shaking and throwing up? Like get, get yourself together, you know? And, and, and and it's important. I think that if you want to be an ally, but regardless of even wanting to be an ally, if you want to be a person that really ascends in this lifetime, it is imperative that you learn of other people's experiences and you see how you can be of service to whatever it is that you feel that you can make a positive impact in their life in any way, just by maybe even just speaking words of love, life into them. If you can't do that, then what are you really doing? I don't feel like you can do self-care properly, thoroughly without community. So anyone who thinks that they're doing it and they're doing it in isolation, you're only going to go so far, baby. Yeah. And is that saying, and to some degree it's right, but you know, you have to fill your own cup up. Of course you do, because you only have so much to give, Mm -hmm. but it's not a one way street. Mm. And that's another thing with thyself. It was all about making the, like, you know, people community better through the individual response because everything capitalism is always focused on the individual. It would make you think as if you're here by yourself. You're not here by yourself. Look around. There are so many people. We come from people. We come from communities. Yeah. Those will not survive, i.e. we will not survive if we do not come together. Right. And I mean that for all different types of people. Yeah. Of course, when it comes to equality, we're talking about groups of people, black people, white people, different groups, for example, that's like the most basic. But there's equity, yeah, as well. And yeah. that's what this year is meant to be, or the focus of International Women's Day is meant to be as well. So for someone to say, well, that doesn't work for me. I don't get why someone's upset about that. You don't understand. I- I'm thinking about yeah. something 
particular, the same woman said um, she doesn't think it's right that women are getting time off for periods. Yeah, see, um, see that person struggling. That you know, yeah. like when you look at that, that is a lot of internalized, internalized yeah, issues, and. Yeah. You see that and it's painful. I had a post up recently where I'm talking about colorism and I put specifically in those captions, I said, lighter skinned women, this is not the space for you to come and tell me about the time that darker skinned girls hurt your feelings because they quote unquote hated on you and were jealous of you. Don't do it here. Not today. Do you think that? Have we not heard that narrative? Right. But do you think that they listened? Nope. I saw the most the most interesting mental gymnastics of people still doing, women still doing what I asked them not to do, but they try to shroud it and cloak it and layer it in ways as if that's not what's happening. And I thought, but if you experience racism, for instance, from a white person right now or just a non-black person right now, you would be able to see the dynamics that you're currently utilizing. You would be able to see it at play with them, but you can't see what you're doing right now. You can't see the similarities. You can't see the same tools that you're using. And I just found it very interesting. And I was speaking to a man about it and he's like, oh, I just think it looks so basic when women are arguing about colorism, like, oh, like, you know, just like, okay, there's the one that's talking because they're hurt, but you're just talking from a place of hurt. And then there's the other ones talking from a place of entitlement. You're just talking from a place of entitlement. Like everyone looks stupid. And I was like, that is such a reductive take from another person who doesn't want to understand like why yeah, don't we want to understand under- yeah why don't we want to understand why don't we want to understand that because if i flipped all of those words out and made it white people black people you would see how ridiculous that statement sounds but when we're talking about um the privileges that come because of colorism even though we are still trying to navigate the same system of oppression People don't get it. And I bring that up because even within um, wellness and self-care, when we think about self-care and things like that, as you say, because of the nature of capitalism and how it's got its claws sort of in the wellness industry, as well as the concept and and kind of um, co-opting the idea of self-care, it also means that colorism, it also means that all of these things play out in that realm as well. Yeah, because it's like, okay, we're going to do diversity, literally. Yes would be what they say. Um, (laughs) We're going to do diversity. We are going to do it. We are diverse and inclusive companies. So let's get a few models. Okay. To start off with, that's a problem. Yeah. Why would you get models (laughs) to do the job of wellness, which is going to be reached by real people? Yes. So you need a little bit more. Step one. And then step two, you go for the palatable Mm -hmm. version. So the slim, abled, Light skin, preferably mixed race, maybe like some like nice gold highlights in the hair kind of That is usual, the quintessential Um, sign of wellness. Yeah, exactly. And we've done that job and that's great. It's lazy. It's lazy. I find it insulting. Um, Also, there's not, it's just, there's just so much wrong with it. And I think people think that that's, that's their job well done. Yeah. But it's not working. So that's why spaces like thyself, that's why spaces like Black Girl Fest, why Black Girls Hiking, all Mm. of these flock together. All of these spaces are doing well. I think there's a new one that I'm just a little bit obsessed with, Green Street Collective in the wellness space. Check them out. They're very fitness focused um, and they're doing really well. And obviously, like you said, there's so much 
supremacy, white supremacy in what we're doing. Mm. It's what we're navigating. But at the same time, it's really great to see, I say, different representations of what Black is. And for me, that's the future of wellness. And for us to own it and to own that space ourselves to whatever degree that might be, I think that would be quite cool. But yeah, I'm... I didn't want that for thyself. You, you know, yeah. we do have so much different representatives. We have a community of different people. We speak to them. I'm not going to say, okay, we are going to do a piece. It's got to be really focused on black women and I'm going to handpick everyone. You, what I do is I send that message out to my community and I'm like, who wants to be a part of it? That's this is a brief. This is a concept. This is what we would require from you. And this is the kind of thing that we want you, you to speak about. I want you to be vulnerable. And this is a way that we can protect you, yeah. whether it's monetary, if it's giving you like co- coaching afterwards, whether it's, yeah, just helping you to sustain yourself after it. And I think that's the way forward. And everyone just wants to do this flash in the pan thing. And it's just really boring. And it really- is, but it's that, it's that kind of scarcity mindset that you just come in and do grab, 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 and then head out. And it's like, no, but who's willing to stay? Who's willing yeah. to stay? And, you know, we have and all of these the pieces after. Yeah, because you smash and grab and then you're out and you've, you know, you've been editor in chief of such and such, and you've done this and you've done that. And then you've headed out and you've just left people like out in the wind. Like, yeah like so many different um, narratives and things that you see of um, all of this. And I do believe that it needs to change. Like there, you, people aren't commended enough that are willing to stay and weather, weather, weather the storm. Um, so I love that. And I, you know, I love black girls camping. I even want to do now black girls ayahuasca. Like let's get oh God, it on. It. Let's get it on. Um, Cause I, I just think it'll be good to have a safe space for um not just, you know, just um, black people, black folk to be able to come together safely and and experience something like that. Um, it's really calling to me, but we'll see what all of this means it's for also me. also really, I, I guess you can really relate. I'm assuming that you can relate, but all of this work, it's still us as individuals putting our time into it. Yes. So like that needs to be taken into consideration because I know that there's this idea that like black businesses don't survive. It's because we're not sustaining ourselves as founders, mm. um, as business owners. We want to do so much, but we're also just one person. We're burnt out. We so, get burnt out. And-, and why if people like, you know, there's that saying like black people don't help each other. So why are we not doing something about it then? If you see this, why do you have to try and create the same thing and then, then burn yourself out? Right. Because you realize that it's too big. Why don't you volunteer? Why don't you help? Why don't you say that you want to be a part of our businesses yeah. and to help push that movement along for me that would be really nice to see because it is a collective movement nothing yeah. happens by one person we might have to spearhead it it might be you that's a spokesperson but we need a community we to definitely drive. and that's what the studio feels like the studio is you know um kept going by incredible incredible people whether it's the studio managers um or whether it's the teachers you know and the students that come through they are the the incredible ecosystem that keeps Kolechnikov going and so I've been out here for as long as I've been out here even with Suffolk Council moving mad I'm Mm. super proud of that so even if it gets to a point where, where I have to be like you know what locking off the studio and I'll be back in you know whenever I come back I know that from 2016 till 2023 or whatever the case may be, I, I managed to create something that was sustainable and, and people felt transformed from the experiences that they had in the spaces that I've cultivated. 
And I know that that's something to be proud of, whereas capitalism can sometimes make you think that if you end something or if you decide to go another direction, then you've quote unquote failed. When it's like sometimes things have their lifespan, like you you don't fail because, for instance, you die. Everything has a lifespan. You know, and yeah. and then it, the energy because energy doesn't die, the energy gets put into something else, and you continue because my focus and our focus, um, and I think this is what brought us together is wellness, is seeing our, you know ourselves thrive as individuals and as a collective, and that energy never goes; it can just shape shift into something else, and then you 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 know you keep moving with it. But with the title of your book being "Take Care," you know, sometimes when people are done with people and they write "Take Care." You know, it's by, yeah. <laughs> but in this, in this world, although we're talking about take care and it's into caring for ourselves and it's about really that ode to black women to, to, for, for self-care, what are the things that you are or have said take care to, like as in by, as in I'm releasing that for the highest good of myself and of all, especially now being a mother? Yeah. Oh, wow. That is a question. Again, I'm getting goosebumps. Um, <laughs> I'm actively working towards letting go of shame. Oh. And I would say specifically through the lens of a black woman, mm. um, because there are stats that we are bombarded with, that we are, that are users like shame tactics mm. from not just uh, non-black people, but also from other black people. Mm-hmm. So being a single mother, mm. um, you know, experiencing domestic violence and, keeping it quiet, almost to protect someone else, um, protect perpetrators. Yes. Um, I'm definitely letting go of that. It's a journey, but um, I'm letting go of that and I'm navigating it. So do I need to keep on talking about, do I need to be really specific about my experience and the nitty gritty details? No, I don't. Mm. Is it freeing for me to say, yes, I've gone through that. Yes. Cause it's actually putting it out there and I'm not being held by that shame anymore. I'm so sorry. It happens and you don't, personally, I never would have imagined it happening to me. So that's another learning curve. That is always the biggest thing in it. Like, um, it could never be me until it be you, you know, like, and, and, and it's so important what you say about shame, because I think that shame inextricably being linked with anger sometimes I think as black women when, especially when we're told about the angry black women trope or the angry black woman trope, we can't identify the ways that it's actually inextricably linked to shame we don't want to be shamed for being angry we don't want to be shamed for feeling hurt we don't want to be shamed for um finding out that we're unprotected in um this in society or whatever um so that anger is like it's just there it's just it's within us and it's um calcifying um and intermingling with that, you know, with the, the the reality or that the false reality that's created for us around shame. Um, single motherhood is such a bar because it's interesting to me, like even talking about my, you know, separation in, a, in another episode, in, in an earlier episode, I had to think about the fact that what will naturally happen should that get out more become any sort of mainstream conversation not one that I'd be participating in because I don't talk about my private life but mm-hmm. I would have to watch people go yeah but think about the kind of person that she is this is why you know black women because black women don't know how to be soft and that's why did it and you don't have a clue you literally do not have a clue what happened and you don't understand like what people have gone through and what they've done you don't know our starting point you don't you don't know how 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 much we loved and how we needed to love and self-care and move things around in order that we 
could be um, a leg- like a part of a legacy that our ancestors are proud of. You don't even know. But all you know is single motherhood. And that's interesting because people are partnered and they're still single parents. That's oh, There are so oh, many single mothers who have partners. Onto it. Oh. I've actually seen it a lot. And I've had partnered friends say, oh, like, you know, make jokes. Oh God, I'm a single mother today. Oh God, it's so hard. And I'm just like, you know, I, I'm, I am offended. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm offended. But yeah. you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Because... Who will have the last laugh? Who will? You know, and it's not necessarily, I don't want to laugh at anyone or, you know, but it's, it's interesting when you're not in that bubble, it's so easy to poke at it, to make joke or make light of it. Mm. But, you know, I am almost proud to be a single mother, mainly because I was raised by single women, but I'm doing differently this time and that's it look at what we're doing in terms of generational yeah. generational trauma um and how we are choosing and to love differently to this life this, this, because because he needs to have a dad in his home who says who says who said that because what i will essentially be doing by having his father in his home and in this vicinity is losing everything that i've worked for yeah. i.e my business yeah. losing myself which i'm desperately trying to hold on to um he wouldn't have the same material things that he had because that man would not have allowed him to have have that yeah you know and I would be pushing another child into the world that will become a statistic for someone to turn around and point the finger that's what they want yeah that's not what they're going to get no so love is the most important thing I think yeah Yeah. and and that's it we we do we release and we attract out of love and our yeah. and our and our proximity to the divine source of life that is how we navigate this life and i feel like it's more important like because i know that there are so many single parents um who listen to this uh podcast and i just want to say shout out to them like shout out to you lot shout like you are juggling so much and you're you're doing great even on the days that you don't think that you are you are doing great because what you must prioritize all of the time it's not necessarily another person being in that household you want to prioritize community but you want to prioritize love it's more important for love to be part of a child's growing and um and be their nurturing and rather than just seeing yeah and consistency that. rather than just seeing a physical extra body there when that vessel is not providing the love that is necessary or they're not willing to be a channel that emanates even more love into that environment i feel like that is super super important and i'm and i'm and i thank you for your vulnerability uh, I honor it. I honor it so, so much because this is what we continue to do. And I, and I would pray for more spaces like this. Like, I feel like we should do an event. We should do something. We should do not just yeah. a, you, you, even the idea of calling it an event, but a situation where we can gather and talk about these sorts of things specifically. We deserve yeah. those spaces, nice food, a vibe and just share because I promise over the next three years, we're going to need each other more than ever a lot of us are going to need each other more than ever and we better get practicing now. And so yeah. I thank you for already putting the things out there through thyself, through take care, putting the things out there that work and act as tools that, to bring us together. Thank you. And thank you for your work. Honestly, <laughs> like you're a reference all the time <laughs> on every deck that I do. I'm busy boy. So, you know, uh, Listen, but I'm just so proud to be here and I'm proud to have got this book into the world. I'm also letting go of what success looks like because I can't, 
I cannot break down certain systems by myself. Mm -hmm. This is one book Mm -hmm. out of many Mm -hmm. within the field that reaches the black community. I cannot break down the structures that come within that. So being published, but I can put it out there and I can't lead. Is it take, you can take the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I can do. I can't make non-black people read it. I can't even make black women read it. If it's out there, I advise people to yeah. Grab a copy, read it. You know, you can buy the digital version. You can listen to the audio book, but just do it because there's more in there about other people. It's not just about me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to make it about me, but my name's on the book. <laughs> just, just read it, you know, just take it in and look at the stats and challenge them for yourself. Like I'm open to being challenged. Yeah. And that's life. the thing. That's that. And that's how we grow. Being yeah. open to being challenged, being open to somebody having a different perspective and respectfully being like, oh, have you considered this? That's all I'm trying to do. Just consider more, learn more. Because um, life, ha- there's got to be more to life than than this Higgy Hagar in this Babylon. There ha- there's got to be more to life than that. So I hope that you enjoyed that wonderful, wonderful chat with myself and Chloe. The book is out now. So get yourself fully, fully involved. Um, It was just great to have like some real time, real life conversations about real things. So um, yeah. Anyway, let's move to So You Mad. Um, So You Mad is very simple this week. I saw um, a tweet. (laughs) I saw a tweet from Taj Jackson where um, I think that's Michael Jackson, one of Michael Jackson's children, uh, where he was thanking Will Smith for slapping Chris Rock. And do you know what? I hear it. I hear it. Taj tweeted um, on the 6th of March, Chris Rock has used my family as punching bags for his entire career. Yet I'm supposed to feel bad for him for getting slapped and humiliated on the Oscars. After seeing a new clip of him attacking my dead uncle, oh, sorry, uncle, sorry, 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 uncle. Um, Michael Jackson was his uncle. Um, Seeing a new clip of him attacking my dead uncle in the first minutes of his retaliation, I'm still relevant, special. Um, I have three things to say. One, what did my family ever do to you to warrant these decades of harassment and your constant bullying disguised as jokes? Two, just because you were bullied early on in your life doesn't give you the excuse to bully others. Three, thank you, Will Smith. When I tell you I cackled, I cackled because no disrespect, a lot of these comedian girlies and just girlies generally are popping up to be like, oh my God, Chris Rock is so amazing. He put me on. He put me on. Okay. All right. This guy put you on, but why does he insist on making jokes about black people um, or making jokes that I feel like are directed towards white people at the expense of black people. Like he's given them some things that you just know that they wheel out when they love saying, I love black people, but I hate niggers. They love that because they're like, oh yeah, there's a differentiation. There's a point. There's a point. Like that's your market. White people are your market and you take the piss out of black people to sell to white people. (laughs) I just think it's random. I haven't watched that special. I have no desire to watch the special I read somewhere that it said that you know he watched um Will Smith in Emancipation just so he could see him the joy of seeing him get whipped but it was like no he was depicting a real person he was conveying a real life person that went through that so how could you ever think that you could get derive any pleasure from that so yeah he's a weirdo he's an actual weirdo um and I think he's angry that he looks like a rabbit um So that's that. 
Um, oh, and then there's been all of the stuff happening with Gary Lineker that's really shaken up the BBC. But I mean, I knew that there would be things that would come and shake up the BBC ever since they decided to not give me that clip um, after they said that categorically there was no swearing by Emma Barnett. And I said that they will come to, they will be ruined. They will be ruined in my, in right in front of my eyes. They will, they will, they will be ruined and shame is all that they'll know. Um, and I just feel like this is the beginning really. So match of the, uh, sorry, BBC, um, has a program called match of the day and it's usually, um, hosted by Gary Lineker. Now, one thing to remember is also Gary Lineker's said some problematic things um, previously as well. So just want to put that in there. Anyway, um, they're upset because Gary Lineker said that um, the small boats policy, as they like to call it, basically um, all of this to do with the um, people who are seeking asylum in Britain, their small boat policy is just like, well, you can die, bitch. It's, it's you know, the be all and end all of the thing. And he, when they announced it, Suella and Rishi, funny, isn't it? That some of the nastiest, nastiest, most cruel immigration policies that we're seeing in recent years are being enacted by people who are non-white. That goes to show you the nature of white supremacy. And this is why representation politics is some bullshit. And this is why Bell Hooks told us not to just focus on talking about racism or racism and talk about white supremacy, because that can easily be present when white people aren't necessarily around or looking like they're at the helm of the thing. The government that, as we know it, is a white supremacist construct um, because that is the nature of Britain's identity. Um, you can't deny it. So this and even the idea like calling it small boats that they're arriving on small boats making it diminutive as if like oh to lose one or to lose 10 or to lose 100 is not a big deal people are drowning in a fucking channel they're drowning how can we as humans how can we as people stand by and be like you know what it's okay like that's been done in our name do you not get it like that's been done in our name in real time that's been done in our name and these people can get draped up at any time like I just want to, I just want to, I just want to shake Rishi by his shirt collar, and I know I can lift him up easily. I can carry that guy. I'll carry him and body slam him easy, no problem. Because this is ridiculous. Because maybe if I body slam him, it will knock sense into his esophagus, or maybe it will sh- shift his oblongata, something. Because he's not okay. <coughs> he's not all right. So anyway, Gary in the car seeing what was um, happening, the announcement of that policy and whatever, whatever, he said, this is just an immeasurably cruel policy directed at the most vulnerable, um, the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that used by Germany in the 30s. Suddenly it's, oh, um, he needs to step back from hosting match of the day this Saturday or whatever, this, that, this, that. And I love that in solidarity with him, which I don't think would have been the case if it were a a black man who said that and was stepping back. Um, In solidarity with him, Ian Wright said he won't be on the show. Um, Alex, whatever her name is, said she won't be on the show. Alan Shearer was like, he's not going to be on the show. So bare people started coming forward and being like, no, I'm not even going to speak. I'm not going to speak to the commentator. So essentially they can't go ahead with the show because everybody said no. And it's funny because the head of the BBC, like you helped Boris Johnson get a loan. Like you are a major Tory donor. So the reason that you're doing that to Gary is because he's speaking against your right wing leanings. 
And how is it that we're paying for a channel or we're paying for a service that is so nasty and right wing and fascist? Essentially, that's what the BBC is now. Even with their fucking um, statue outside of that was crafted by that um, pedophile. Like, it's just mad. It's just absolutely wild how they got onto Gary Lineker in this way. And it goes to show what happens when a white man doesn't toe the line in the way that they require. It's the same thing that we saw happen with Jeremy Corbyn. Like there's something about white men who kind of speak out and go and almost like they break the fourth wall and they go, ah, no, this is mad. I don't, I'm not on him. And the way that they're punished for doing that. Because as a white man of all the people who participate in whiteness, you, you should never turn around and say you don't want to do it anymore. That's, that is like, sacrilege as they would see it because harry people might give harry as an example but harry really isn't that too tough tough because he is a monarchist through and through like he doesn't mind the commonwealth he doesn't mind all of that he doesn't mind the monarchy he just doesn't like how him and he, he and his family were treated so that's not universal in the same way if harry turned around <coughs> and was like you know what? The monarchy is very, very damaging. It's this. It cannot be reformed. Rare, rare, rare. The the way that they would come down on that guy will be like anything, will be unlike anything we've ever seen before. But he's not currently doing that. So he's safe. Whereas Gary Dinakar, by saying that this small boats policy is wild, like if meanwhile, Alan Sugar says the most racist things all of the time. He's still there doing up apprentice. There are other people that will say wild fucking shit. When that other guy compared um Archie to a monkey. They kind of took him away for a bit and then he came right back because anything that's perpetuating and propagating racism or anti-blackness or xenophobia, they're on it. They love it. They love a bit of that. But the moment that you're doing something that's seen as the opposite, then there's a problem. <coughs> Pardon me. I just pray for everybody's growth. That's all I'm saying. Like Gary, I feel like he said some things before where I'd be like, what? But because yeah, but on this occasion, I agree. And it's just funny how people are now trying to twist up the thing. And they're like, oh, but I don't know why he's sharing his opinion on this. Because, you know, the reason that we're saying that the small boats need to stop is because people come here and they're people trafficked. And then they go, they, they experience horrendous things. You don't give a fuck about that. Shut the fuck up. You don't care about any of that. You don't care. You're just talking. You don't care about any of that. But they've given you something that sounds like a valid enough reason to shroud and to veil your nasty racism, your bigoted nature. They've given you something that sounds like it makes sense when actually it makes sense in terms of sweet fuck all. Makes no fucking sense. So that was just interesting to read and to see how everything can unravel and also shows how when people come together, they can't run with certain things. It's just not possible. But again, that's that for So You Mad. Let's move on to Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mom. It's very, very brief. Um, Another institution that's moving mad, the NMC, the Nursing and Midwifery Council, who had a hearing for Clemmy Hooper recently after the fuckery that she did in 2019. They decided the verdict was that she would be given a one-year caution. A one-year caution. You can see that the woman is tapped. You can see that she's malicious. You can see that she... She spent time strategizing and targeting other mothers and affecting their mental health to um, a major degree. And all you gave her was a one year caution. So she's still allowed to practice. 
Upon all the complaints that you got about this woman, you're still allowing her to practice. All I will say is, nursing and midwifery council, I tend to mind my business, but let me hear that something happens that's untoward to a black mother and Kem- um, Clemmy was the midwife. The class action suit that I will use to come and find you lot as an organization you wouldn't have seen anything like it before. I will cut the, all the straws in the land is what I'll gather for you all to suck out because you are so disgustingly racist. Because if that was a black nurse, a black midwife that did what Clemmy did, first of all, you wouldn't have taken this long to have her hearing. Or after that, um, you've had the hearing, the what you would have given her in terms of your um, your directives or whatever that you, the conclusion you'd come to would be so fucking harsh, so incredibly harsh. But Clemmy, she gets, you know, you let her off. Why? Why? Why is she above facing the, the real repercussions of her actions? How many people did she hurt doing what she, she was doing? And I don't necessarily even believe that she stopped. Like, <clears throat> it's very wild. Somebody like that doesn't just change overnight. And essentially, you've put people in harm's way by saying all she gets is a one-year caution upon all the complaints that you received about her after everything happened. You're still allowing her to be near newborn babies. You're still allowing her to be near vulnerable adults. I promise you, if anything happens, anything, and I'll be keeping a close watch, let me just see somebody complain that something happened and she was the midwife that was nearby, her. Hellfire will rain on you. That's what Mother Aya will not take away. I will deal with you. I will deal with you in a way that you've never been dealt with before. Because what you're doing is highly irresponsible and deeply, deeply rooted in this myth of the innocence of white women and white feminine purity and how they can do no wrong. And it was just merely a misstep. Misstep well. Misstep where? Misstep yourself right into hell. Fucking hell. So, yeah, I feel like that's really all I wanted to say about that. It's just disgusting. A one-year caution. One-year caution. It was a virtual hearing too. Um, oh, look, she went and got some big boys to represent her. Interesting. All that money. Interesting. Um, and that's how you got off because, again, you have the money to have people, um, you know, um, essentially bully other people to get you the results that you need. Uh, what did they say? That you were registered midwife did um, 1st of November 2018 and 31st of March 2019 under the pseudonym Alison Wonderlust. Wonderlust posted one or more inappropriate comments on Tassel Life as set out in Schedule A below. Your actions in Charge 1 in respect to any one or more of the comments and set out in Schedule A were intended to undermine, humiliate or offend the subject of that comment. Your actions in Charge 1 in respect to the comments set out in Schedule A um, were racially offensive and or discriminatory in that you treated the subject and comment less favorably due to protected characteristics, um, namely subjects race. Racially motivated in that you intended your comments to be racially offensive and or discriminatory. Um, 
Since the facts were made known to Ms. Hooper, uh, A offered a public apology, attempted further to apologise to each of the individuals specifically affected, underwent comprehensive training on all aspects of equality and diversity. <laughs> That's funny. Um, accepted before the NMC the facts set out in charges 1, 2 and 3A, withdrew permanently from social media, which had been the both the trigger and the sole medium within which such behavior occurred and that's what's mad to me you think that it's just social media social media was merely a manifestation or merely a singular channel um that she had available to her to spew such vitriol think about i need you to take a moment stay with me here in case you didn't know what happened and you haven't gone to listen to my back catalog this midwife this white woman i've mentioned her before so you had candice brathwaite on your podcast called gas and air and she was talking about the black mat- uh, maternal mortality rates that at that point, um, as mentioned in the Embrace report, black women were five times more likely to die during childbirth in comparison to white women. You had her on the show. You then came on your burnout to comment on the post that you put up on Instagram to say, why is she always going on about race? I need you all to be with me when I say, is that not fucking tapped? Is that, is that, does that sound like somebody that should remain a fucking midwife? Fuck you, Nursing and Midwifery Council. Fuck you. She withdrew permanently for social media. Shut the fuck up. No, she did not. House of Hooper is right there, unless I'm mistaken. So you're doing our home renovations because you've hidden your face. What? Please get the fuck. Assist her, her employer in the preparation of training on not only the undoubted benefits in reaching particularly younger mothers, but also the very evident natures of social media. Piss off. Um, uh, let me see. What am I looking for? Just going back into... So they got over 50 examples of misconduct and racist abuse, yet what you said is one-year caution. 50 her NMC, like I said, class action, class action. Let anything happen to any mother, especially a black mother going forward. And she was anywhere. I don't even care if she was just in the canteen. Let me hear that she was anywhere nearby. You're going to get sued to high heavens because for you that cannot extrapolate yourself from your um, white feminine purity, mythological whims, you will be dealt with accordingly. That is all I'll say. That's all I say that you can all go suck out for an eternity, you fucking idiots. Anyway, that's that for this week's podcast. I'm, my body's experiencing exhaustion. I'm going to lock it off here. You can follow the, me, Collection of Cough, or at Say Your Mind Pod. Um, get your tickets to the live show in New York or um, for the live show in September. Uh, what else do I need to say? Look out for a special announcement on Tuesday. If everything goes well, there'll be a cute announcement on Tuesday. Oh, I'm just fed up. I'm fed up with life. See you later. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman. It's baby boys, baby girls. You need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down. Receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are going sip it. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. let you find. And she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind. Say you mind.